0: this is radically alive women's age
1: cast. grief is love our capacity for grief defines our capacity for love
0: hello kiri
1: hello julia
0: i've witnessed some shifts in you in the last few months or half year and it seems like there's more of you coming through. It's like you're making space for that to come through, that really wants to come through. is shedding these layers of beliefs: who you should be in the world, or who you could be to be cool. And then there's this other part emerging that you might not know the shape and form of yet. And I'm curious about an aspect of that that seems to be coming through you, which is your interest in death. What interests you in death? ritual and grief work and whatever that part is that is turning you on. Will you tell me what turns you on in that wide realm of death?
1: When people are grieving, they're very close to themselves. They're very close to what really matters to them. The first time I had someone close to me who died, And it was a really tragic death. Yeah, you know, she killed herself and she killed her son. And it's like I looked out at the world and I could see so much of modern culture is based on denying or avoiding or, like, trying to run away from the reality that death is, like, right here, like, right here. I know a teenager who died of a brain aneurysm at school, bang, no notice, no idea that that was going to happen, just gone. And that reality is, you know, it can be frightening, but it's also liberating somehow and galvanizing because death makes life precious. It's precious because it's finite. It's precious because it's going to end. And it's mysterious because you never know when that moment is going to come. And it's scary and most people just numb it out or just pretend that it's not there. But bringing death closer, in my experience, really enriches life. It's like it matters. It's that moment in... um, I don't agree with the way that he did it, but that moment in Fight Club when he's like pointing the gun at the store clerk and like, what did you want to do with your life? Did you want to work at the Quickie Mart or whatever? Or did you have some other dream? Like, go and do it. If you're gonna to die tomorrow, what would you do? How would you live today? What would you regret? And I noticed that there's people who are terminally ill, people who are in this situation where They know that they're going to die soon. So it so radically shifts their relationship to their self and their outlook. My cousin had cancer and she had like a slim chance of survival. I think it was like 20 or 30% or something. She had a chance of dying in the next year and she recovered. She got through. But in that year, she took her family traveling. She doubled down on her art and her creative processes She went from being a psychiatrist full-time to almost being a full-time artist now. It's an initiation. And it clarifies there's something real about death that cuts through a lot of bullshit.
0: If you were going to die tomorrow, what are the things that you are here to do? What is something you don't want to be regretting?
1: If I really just had 24 hours... I just ring people up and tell them that I love them. Why? Well, I had this experience last week. I went to the death cafe and before I went to the death cafe, I had lunch with my mother. My mother knew that I had to be in Coburg at two o'clock. And so we're getting to the end of lunch and she got a bit frantic on my behalf. Like, Oh, you have to go. And I was like, you know what? I can be late. I chose to be late. I don't want to rush this moment with you. She'd just been on holidays. I hadn't seen her for four weeks. And so I'm just like, no, I'm going to go slow. I'm going to drive you home. And, you know, I gave her a big hug and I said, I love you. And I sent a message to the death cafe people saying, you know, I'll be 15 minutes late. And when I got there, it was fine. And the first thing they did was this guided meditation on like, you know, what if you're going to die in 10 years? What if you're going to die in one year? What if you're going to die? What if you were dead right now? And I cried. I cried because I was just so grateful that, you know, if I was dead at that moment, the last thing I did was be like, no, I'm not going to hurry. The memory of that hug with my mom, And I said, I love you. That would be my last moment. The last person I know who saw me was my mother. And the last thing I did was hug her and say, I love you. And I just yeah, I'm just so grateful for that moment. Like, yeah. That is a story that she could tell that everyone will feel good about. There's
0: an just, element yeah. of making peace or making mints or you not know, an element of enjoying or appreciating each moment. It seems to matter to you. What is that?
1: I mean, it's just being love in action. And isn't that the point? Isn't that like the most that I could do in a way within this body, with this time to be love in the world? Is there anything more than that really? And not in a fluffy, fake way, like genuine. There are so many things that demand that we cut off parts of ourself or numb parts of ourselves, or parts of our experience and Being love in action is being present to the whole, the fullness of a person and their experience. There was a woman in the death cafe whose mother died when she was a baby. Her mother was murdered. Her mother was murdered by her father, I think. And we spoke about this double kind of grief that happens because when someone dies in that tragic, violent way, People are so shocked by that and it's like they can't hear it or they get stuck on that, the horror of the way that person died and they're not able to then be with the person. So this woman, I'll call her Susie, that's not her name, but it was powerful to be able to sit there and be like, yes, that is how your mother died. That is what happened in your life. And you are a person here who is grieving your mother. And your mother had a whole life. You know, she had friends and connections and she did things that are all more important than how she died. And how she died doesn't take away from the the fullness of the person that she was. And, yeah, so I can be love in action by hearing that person's story in the way that they want to tell it instead of in the way that I want to hear it, and instead of me getting fixated on, but how exactly did she die and how exactly did he kill her and where were you when she died and, oh, oh my God, you know, what, where is he now? Is he in jail? That's all my anxiety. That's not about her. That's not what she needs to say. That's not what she needs to talk about. Yeah. And it's this irony, right, because modern culture and news and everything is so obsessed with these horrific, dramatic events. But when you're actually faced with someone who that's their lived reality, everyone's just like, Oh my God, I don't know what to say to you. Oh my God. That's so awful. How could you, how could you live? So I get two elements
0: there. Like one is that the aspect of grief, you seem to know something about the importance of grief and the other is the storytelling in the process of grief. I invite you to pick one that calls out to you first.
1: Grief is love. Our capacity for grief defines our capacity for love. I know this and I'm still so quick to stop it. Grief needs to flow, like love needs to flow. So If I hold it back, I'm holding back my capacity to love. And I can really see it in people that if they're holding grief that hasn't been expressed, then their hearts are a little bit closed. Their heart is closed. And when people are triggered, it's often there's some kind of grief under that. Like where they're being triggered is like the situation now is resonating with that grief that is unreleased inside me. And I don't want to let that grief out. So I'm going to keep it closed.
0: It lands in me and something relaxes in me and an aha that I get is that you're actually not a death walker or something like that. You're like a grief walker and grief happens not only in death, in physical death. Relationships die, old versions of myself or yourself die, an identity dying. There's so many moments in life where things change unexpectedly or we choose them to change, which might still be unexpected for ourselves even. These are all moments for grief, and you have the capacity to see that and to actually see the blocked grief in people's hearts.
1: Yeah, I'm a grief plumber.
0: Grief plumber, right? That's your title.
1: That's the title that I'm wearing as I go out into the world with this work around death and grief and loss. All grief is grief, whether it's grief because someone died, whether it's grief because something got lost, And the pattern that you create around the smallest grief is the same pattern that you will follow in the massive grief. It's all the same. There's one pipe there. If you block that pipe over something little, then when the big grief comes through, it will get stuck in just the same way. You use just the same patterns to stop it. But that also contains the possibility that if you do grief well, if you practice on the little things, if you take it seriously, you'll learn. You'll learn how to do it so that when something big happens, you're like, oh, yeah, this is how it goes. This is familiar. And it doesn't have to be so scary.
0: I feel really glad to feel you here. I can sense your anger clarity. You see it in your eyes. Your eyes are shining and they're like connected to something else. And I feel really glad about that. And I have a question around what is grief? What does it actually mean? And what does it maybe look like or not? What is it in very real everyday terms?
1: Someone said this quote the other day. I can't remember how it goes exactly, but it's something like grief is love whose object is no longer there, no longer exists. There's a love that was like going to a person, a place, a thing, that you had a relationship with, and that thing is not there, not there in the same way that it was. And so the love is like, needs to shift, needs to change. I mean, you know, in grief, there's sadness, there's anger, there's fear, there's joy. all of the feelings show up in that space.
0: Is it always that all of them show up in that space? Is it necessary to go through the whole grief cycle of process? What is your experience, or what does your heart know about it rather than making it a method or something?
1: Yeah, because my brain doesn't know yeah and it depends on the person and the circumstances and yes they're all there and if they're all there then they all need to be expressed at some time or another but the way they show up in order they show up and you know what shows up together or mixed or whatever is so different as there are people
0: thank you for listening to this episode if you would like to listen to the other half of this interview please head over to the membership site of Radically Live Women's Agecast. With a monthly subscription of seven New Zealand dollars, you gain access to the membership content of Radically Live Women, and you step closer into the circle where things become more intimate and you get to explore more of your own radical aliveness. And with your membership contribution, you also support the creation of the free content If you want Radically Alive women to thrive in the world, please support this cast. Thank you for being here. Thank you for becoming Radically Alive.